the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He's speaking to the Sadducees, and the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection. Even so, Jesus still speaks to them about the resurrection. And he speaks to them about the resurrection as a matter of fact. Jesus did not edit what he says because of their unbelief. Well, what if I'm talking to someone and that person doesn't believe the Bible? Still tell them what the Bible says as a matter of fact. Did you know that you will rise from the dead? Hard to imagine, isn't it? But it's true. Today, Pastor Dan shows us where Jesus specifically talked about the resurrection as a matter of fact. It doesn't matter if we believe it or not, we will be raised from the dead one day. The question is, where do we go from there? Believers will rise from the dead and go to eternal life. Everyone else will rise and go to eternal contempt. Amazingly, God left our destiny up to us. Let's aim for life by surrendering ourselves to Jesus today. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 22 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Sunday mornings, we're going verse by verse through the New Testament. We're currently studying through the Gospel of Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 23. The same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married. And having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third, even to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. And Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitudes heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together And then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, and on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets." 
And while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, The son of David. And he said to them, How then does David in the spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day on did anyone dare question him anymore. So Jesus is in his final week before going to the cross to die for the sins of the world. He's in Jerusalem for the Passover celebration. Jesus was sacrificed during Passover. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's our Passover Lamb. And a Passover lamb must be without spot or without blemish to be acceptable to God. And so it was necessary for the lamb to be examined before it was sacrificed. And I point that out because in this section of Matthew, Jesus is examined by the religious leaders of Judaism. So you could entitle this section of Matthew, the examination of the lamb. And they examine Jesus's doctrine, his teachings, and the religious leaders find no fault in him. No flaw in him, no flaw in his doctrine. He was without sin. He was the perfect spotless sacrifice for us. Now, these events here in this section of Matthew, they take place in the courtyard of the temple there in Jerusalem. Remember, during the Passover time, the population of Jerusalem increased from 600,000 people to two to three million people that would come to the city of Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover feast. And the courts of the temple during the Passover would be jam-packed with worshipers celebrating the Passover. And it's in the courtyard of the temple in front of this huge audience that Jesus was teaching. And it was in front of this huge audience that the religious leaders confronted Jesus and they confronted him, attempting to humiliate him publicly and discredit Jesus in front of the crowd. Uh, Back in verse 15, the Pharisees confronted Jesus with a question about paying tribute money to Caesar. The Pharisees thought they'd trap Jesus with kind of a gotcha question. But Jesus slipped through their trap, leaving the crowd marveling at his answer. And now in verse 23, the Sadducees take a crack at humiliating Jesus publicly in front of the crowd. Notice in verse 23, we're told it's the same day. So all these confrontations that we're reading about here in Matthew, they all happened on the same day in the temple courts, kind of one right after another. And so the same day, the Sadducees came with their question. Now, the Sadducees were the wealthy aristocrats, the wealthy elite within Judaism. Politically, the Sadducees supported Rome uh, because Rome protected their wealth and status. Theologically, the Sadducees accepted only the first five books of the Bible, the law of Moses. And the Sadducees said, there is no resurrection. There is no life after death. When a person dies, that's it, game over. They said that there are no angels, that there are no demons, that there is no spiritual 
realm. There's no invisible spiritual realm around us. They denied anything supernatural. The Sadducees were the rationalists of the day. Anything they could not do themselves or see or experience as human beings, they rejected. And they imposed on God their own human limitations. If they could not do it, well, then they thought, well, neither can God do it. And many people today are rationalists. Many of the people that you work with or you go to school with or you encounter, they're rationalists. And they impose human limitations on God, just like the Sadducees of old. Look at verse 23 again. The same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, they came to Jesus and they asked him, and here's their question, saying, teacher, Moses said that if a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring to his brother. Now there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married and having no offspring, he left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second also and the third, even to the seventh, last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, here's the question, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. Now, Matthew makes the point to tell us that the Sadducees said there is no resurrection. Now, once you die, that's it. Now, the Apostle Paul addressed the same question in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and Paul took this to its logical conclusion, and Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, if there is no resurrection of the dead, well, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. In other words, if there's no resurrection and Christ is not risen, Christ is still dead, that means that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins was not accepted in heaven, and we are still in our sins and under God's judgment and condemnation, and there's no hope for us. That's where that goes. The Sadducees ask this question here to discredit the doctrine of the resurrection, Again, they don't believe there's a resurrection. Their question is intended to make a mockery of a belief in a resurrection. And you know people that like to mock and ridicule the Bible. And mock and ridicule the teachings of the Bible. Mockers can mock, but God's word is true and right. Psalm 119 verse 160 says, The entirety of your word is truth. Whether people believe God's word or not, or ridicule God's word, that doesn't change the fact that the entirety of God's word is truth. The Sadducees here, they ask this absurd, hypothetical question about the resurrection, and the question concerns a custom that was common in the ancient Near East and is still practiced in some cultures today. And in this custom, if a man married a woman and the man died before they had children, the brother of the deceased husband was obligated to marry his brother's widow and have children with his brother's widow, and the firstborn son would be considered the deceased brother's heir. And this practice was done, number one, for provision and protection of the widow and to perpetuate the name of the deceased brother. Uh, And this practice is actually a very ancient practice. It predates the law Uh, We see it way back in Genesis chapter 38, verse 7, with Tamar. Uh, This custom was later incorporated uh, 
in the law of Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 25, verses 5 to 10, we find a beautiful example of this custom in the story of Ruth and Boaz in the book of Ruth. It's interesting, in Deuteronomy chapter 25, where we find this in the law, we're told also, if a man refuses to marry his brother's wife or his brother's widow, the widow must go to the elders of the town, explain to the elders that the brother-in-law refuses to marry her. The elders of the town will question the brother, and if he refuses to marry her, the law says, get this, the widow is to remove his sandal and spit in his eye. How do you like that? The widow removes his sandal because he's not walking in his obligation to his family. She spits in his eye because he has disgraced his deceased brother. He's essentially spit in the eye of his deceased brother. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. And so here the Sadducees, they ask this hypothetical question that is intended just to make a mockery of the resurrection. And again, in verse 25, there were seven brothers. The first died after he had married, having no offspring. And he left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second also and the third, even to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, which they don't believe, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. Now, when the first brother dies after marrying this woman, that's terribly sad. When the second brother dies, that's a tragic coincidence. When the third brother dies, now I'm suspicious. Right? This woman is killing these men. She is one of those black widow murderers you hear about on Dateline and that kind of thing. If I'm brother number four, here's my sandal, spit my eye. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to marry you. That means I can't come to Thanksgiving dinner. That's fine. Again, the question is, in the resurrection... Whose wife of the seven will she be? And again, the Sadducees say there is no resurrection. So this is just a trap. And the Sadducees here, they're confident. There's no answer to this question. It's one of those questions that people will ask sometimes about God or about the Bible, uh, where there's no, there's no answer to it. And it's just a trap. This is to make Jesus look foolish in front of everyone, because they know that Jesus taught that there's a resurrection. And Jesus taught that there's, there's life after death. In fact, in John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. And so look at Jesus' answer in verse 29. Look what he says. He says, you are mistaken. 
you have the NIV, it says, you are in error. ESV says, you are wrong. And he says this again in front of the multitudes. Everyone's watching. Everyone's listening. And here the, the Sadducees, the religious elite, they smugly thought, well, we've got him with this question. There's no way he can get out of this without looking foolish. Let's hear what lame answer he tries to come up with to answer our question. And Jesus responds to their question by saying, you're wrong. You're wrong. This is so savage. Well, Jesus, what about respecting their beliefs? Listen, it's okay if someone believes something that is wrong about God or wrong about the Bible. It's okay for you to tell them you're wrong. You're in error. You're mistaken. Jesus did. Again, he does this in front of this big crowd in the courtyard of the temple. And he says to the Sadducees, the religious leaders, you're wrong. No one has ever told the Sadducees they're wrong. But that's not all that Jesus said to them. Look again at verse 29. He said to them, you are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. You're wrong because you don't know the scriptures, nor the power of God. Next to verse 29 in your Bible, you can write, whoa, or wow. The Sadducees were wrong on two fronts. They didn't know the scriptures nor the power of God. People today who deny God or deny the supernatural or deny the miraculous working of God, they do so for the same two reasons. They don't know what the Bible says and they don't know the power of God. The Old Testament scriptures teach that there will be a resurrection of the dead. Job chapter 19 verse 26, and after my skin is destroyed, this I know that in my flesh I shall see God. Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. There's going to be a resurrection for everybody, believers and non-believers, some to everlasting life, some to everlasting contempt. But the Sadducees, they didn't believe those parts of the Bible. They only believed the first five books. We don't believe in Daniel. We don't believe what Job says. And Jesus says they don't know the scriptures, nor the power of God. They didn't believe God has the power to raise the dead. Again, they denied the supernatural. They were rationalists. They they couldn't raise the dead, so God must not be able to raise the dead. I can't do that, so God can't do that. Now look at verse 30. Again, we see how Jesus deals with people that are non-believers or doubters or skeptics. Look at verse 30. Jesus says, for in the resurrection. Now he's speaking to the Sadducees and the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection. Even so, Jesus still speaks to them about the resurrection. And he speaks to them about the resurrection as a matter of fact. Jesus did not edit what he says because of their unbelief. Well, what if I'm talking to someone and that person doesn't believe the Bible? Still tell them what the Bible says as a matter of fact. That's what Jesus did. Don't edit what you say because of someone's unbelief. Don't edit what you say because someone denies the truth or someone denies reality. And I need to accommodate their unbelief or I need to accommodate their falsehood. 
or their lack of not being in reality on these things. That applies to more than just the Bible, by the way. He says, for in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. In the resurrection, we will not be married. And I guess that might be sad news to some or or happy news to others, (laughs) depending on your marriage. The reason is because there will be no need for marriage in the resurrection because there will not be procreation in the resurrection. Now, we will know our spouse in the resurrection. That's a question that people often ask. Will we know each other in the resurrection? Will I know my spouse? Will I know my kids? Will I know my grandkids in the resurrection? If you and your family members have trusted Christ, you will be together in heaven and you will know each other. We will not uh, know less in heaven than we know here on earth. And so we will know our spouse. We will know our family members. And I think one of the glorious things about heaven will be that we will be reunited with family members who have died in Christ before us. And we will enjoy heaven together with our family. And we will worship together in our glorified, resurrected bodies. We will be completely free from sin free from selfishness and carnality, free from misunderstandings with our loved ones, free from all the negative things that affect our relationships here on earth. Now all of that's going to be removed. No misunderstandings and what you said. Why'd you say it like that? What'd you mean by that? None of that. And we will enjoy each other in perfect love. In perfect love. How wonderful will that be? Jesus said we will be like the angels. He didn't say we will be angels. You don't turn into an angel. You're still the same person in heaven. You're just in your resurrected, glorified body. We will be like the angels. And what he means here is we'll be like the angels in that we will not be married. By the way, the Sadducees did not believe in angels either. Oh, but Jesus, they don't believe in angels. I don't care. I'm Jesus, right? I mean, like. (laughs) so with this one statement jesus corrected their error regarding the resurrection and their error concerning angels verse 31 he says but concerning the resurrection of the dead it's almost as if he says well since you brought up the resurrection let me also say this but concerning the resurrection of the dead have you not read what was spoken to you by god i love when jesus says Have you not read to the religious leaders? I'm sure that stung and humiliated them in front of everybody. To have this carpenter from Galilee say to them, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? Now watch what he says here, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Now, as I said earlier, the Sadducees only recognized the first five books of the Bible, and they argued that the resurrection is not found anywhere in the first five books of the Bible. Here, Jesus quotes from one of the first five books of the Bible. He quotes from Exodus to show that there is indeed life after death. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. 
God did not say this to Moses in the past tense, but the present tense. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website, too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family. It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.